Tonight, is Busty Lemieux a jackass or a genius? I have a few theories. It's Monday, September 26, 2022. I'm David Menzies, and this is the Ezra Levent Show. Shame on you, you censorious bug. Is he a prankster or a pervert? Is he a genius or a jackass? Is he even a he as opposed to a she or a them or a they or a z or a zer or perhaps even a pansexual spirit unicorn? Oh, it's so complicated these days, isn't it, folks? I am, of course, speaking of Oakville Trafalgar High School shop teacher, Mr. Kerry Luke Lemieux, whose enhanced chest brings to mind the tragedy that was the Hindenburg. Kerry Luke Lemieux is now apparently going through life as Kayla Lemieux as he allegedly transitions from biological male into female facsimile. I know what you're saying, folks. That's a lot of apparently's and allegedly's, but that's the point, isn't it? What was what does one make of the enigma that is Busty Lemieux? For more than 10 days now, social media and the mainstream media the world over has been obsessed with Lemieux. Oh, um, not our own domestic government-funded mainstream media, mind you. With few exceptions, they have chosen to ignore this sordid story. I'll have more on this fascinating sidebar later. But how could Mr. Lemieux not be a big story? The idea of a biological male teaching shop class while sporting enormous fake breasts, a blonde wig, and tight short shorts. Now, that's a sight to behold. A disturbing sight, that is. You know, folks, once upon a time when the Canadian National Exhibition took place in Toronto in summertime, in addition to the thrill rides and the food building and the games of chance, there used to be something called the Freak Show. The Freak Show was eventually phased out due to the nattering nabobs of political correctness. But for those lamenting the demise of the Freak Show, such a spectacle is now completely redundant. If you want freaks and geeks and weirdos, simply go to your friendly neighborhood high school. Oh, and I'm not talking about the kids but rather the faculty. And isn't it fascinating to observe several double standards at play here, all in the name of reasonable accommodation? While a young lass at Oakville Trafalgar High School faces suspension for wearing a spaghetti strap tank top, not so busty Lemieux. He wears see-through blouses that barely contain his always erect fake nipples, that's because, incredibly, the Halton District School Board has a dress code for students, but not for staff. Please educate me. How does that even make sense? And whatever happened to, you know, leading by example? Here's another double standard for you. Gaze upon the photos of Busty Lemieux in shop class. I don't know what he's making. Maybe it's a landing dock for his Zeppelins. But the thing is, he's breaking every rule in the book vis-a-vis -vis workshop safety rules. Those protruding fake breasts are just centimeters away from circular saws. His long hair isn't tied up in a bun or put into a hairnet. Then there are his long sleeves, and he's not even wearing safety goggles. 
the list goes on. Lemieux is an accident waiting to happen, but the principal or the HDSB head honchos won't call him out on these safety breaches because to do so would be transphobic. Give me a break. Now, it should be noted, I have done everything possible to reach out to Lemieux. I have phoned the school. I have sent him emails. I have even personally visited his residence, but it's radio silence thus far. So allow me to present three theories as to what is perhaps really going on at Oakville Trafalgar High School these days. Theory number one, well, face value. Mr. Lemieux is indeed transitioning from a male into a female. He's wearing feminine clothing and a wig and, of course, those giant fake breasts that are easily twice the size of a man's head and apparently weigh about 35 pounds. But, folks, I am not buying this explanation because if Lemieux was transitioning from a he to a she in a genuine fashion, why would Lemieux or anyone else transitioning for that matter go out of their way to make such a grotesque spectacle of it? I imagine most trans people simply want to blend in with the other gender and not draw an inordinate amount of attention to themselves. But Lemieux is passing himself off as an over-the-top drag queen. He's making a mockery out of the female form. I've been informed by my biological female friends that if any woman were born with natural breasts this size, she would most certainly go under the knife at some point to have such breasts reduced so as to alleviate the inherent back pain that comes with carrying around such a burden. But not Lemieux. He could choose any size of bust under the sun, and yet he goes for quintuple XL. No, sir, I am just not buying that this is a genuine transition. Theory number two, for all the reasons I previously mentioned, could it be that Mr. Lemieux is suffering from mental illness? What sort of person would want to go through life sporting humongous fake breasts, the likes of which would make a score magazine model blush? If he is indeed suffering from a mental health condition, then he must be treated with care and compassion, and he must see a psychiatrist as soon as possible. My third and final theory is this. Could it be that Mr. Lemieux is not truly transitioning into a woman, but rather is exacting a measure of revenge against the uber-woke educrats employed at the school board? Consider this recent post on social media, which was sent along to me by my West Coast colleague Alex the other day, which may or may not be true. Quote, this dude is gaming the system. And Anon here yesterday was in this dude's class. This teacher was almost fired for toxic masculinity last year, as well as not embracing woke culture. He dropped red pills to his class, such as how silly gender-neutral bathrooms are. The school board hates him. He's now upping the ante to exploit the very clown world the school and society itself created. His long game is most likely to get fired and then sue for discrimination. There is no other explanation, no better way to troll clown world than to be an over-the-top caricature of a woman, end quote. 
Now, as I said, folks, we can't prove if this is true, but for what it's worth, it sounds entirely plausible to me that this could all be a prank that is worthy of a South Park episode. Indeed, if it is a matter of fact that Mr. Lemieux ran afoul over so-called toxic masculinity guidelines, what a devious, albeit brilliant way to exact a measure of revenge by becoming an over-the-top female caricature under the guise that he is actually transitioning into a woman. Transgenderism is a sacred cow for those on the woke left. To even question the issue is an act of transphobia, which is why we now have biological males competing with females in sports and even doing prison time in female penitentiaries. What an amazing time it is to be a man who is merely an average athlete but as a superstar in the female division due to inherent physical advantages, or a male sexual offender who wants to do time amongst potential female victims, all of whom have nowhere to run. And this is all due to the cowardice of the gatekeepers. Astonishing. Another reason I believe that Mr. Lemieux is perhaps gaming the system in an uber-cheeky fashion is that he's a shop teacher. He works with his hands. He builds things. He's not some utterly useless gender studies professor. And it just strikes me that someone who's part of the blue-collar demographic is more than likely a person who is not, you know, all in when it comes to supporting radical transgenderism and denouncing toxic masculinity, whatever that is. Quite the opposite, I should think. Thus, if this is indeed a vengeful prank directed at the uber-woke educrats at the HDSB, then what an incredible way to get back at a school board that might just be the very worst school board in Canada under the so-called leadership of Curtis Ennis, he, him. Because it would seem to me that Lemieux has twisted these educrats into politically correct pretzels. They don't dare call out Lemieux, saying that his transitioning is bullshit, because in the final analysis, they cannot prove this to be true. And if they were to roll the dice and accuse him without proof that he is a prankster, these woke meisters would surely be hoisted upon their own petards. Which is to say, folks, Lemieux need only play the transphobia card and the next thing you know, the kangaroo court, that is the Ontario Human Rights Tribunal, will award Lemieux with a hurt-feeling settlement likely in the six figures. And then, of course, if he is fired, Lemieux could go to a real court and sue for wrongful dismissal. And in today's political climate, the HDSB would lose that case. Wow, who needs to buy a Lotto Max ticket and face those prohibitive lauds of 33 million to one, when a dude need only strap on a pair of giant fake boobs and don a wig in order to hit the jackpot, guaranteed. So it makes sense that Lemieux is employing the silent treatment and not admitting to this being an elaborate hoax. Right now, he has the support of the HDSB and of course the alphabet soup community 
and even the Halton, Halton District Police Service who show up at the school in their black excellence and pride police cruisers. Oh, my world, my world. The thing is, if this transitioning is a prank, Lemieux can never ever admit to it. If he does so, he will be committing career suicide given that his allies will instantly transition into enemies. The HDSB will immediately terminate him for maintaining a falsehood. And the LGGBDTTTIQQAAPP community will declare war on Lemieux too, given that they were duped. By the way, for those keeping score at home, that love and spoonful of Alpha Getty stands for lesbian, gay, genderqueer, bisexual, demisexual, transgender, transsexual, two-spirit, intersex, queer, questioning, asexual, allies, pansexual, and polyamorous. Oh, as an aside, folks, did you notice there's one letter conspicuously absent, namely H for heterosexual? You know, that silly sexual orientation that comprises about 98% of the people on planet Earth. But I digress. And make no mistake, the LGBTQ, etc. mafia does not tolerate mocking. That's a thought crime, and it will get you canceled. Oh, and yes, I do have proof. Look what happened to poor Stephen LeDrew some five years ago when he appeared on Tucker Carlson's show to argue that Canada is a bastion of free speech. No, I swear. Check out LeDrew's fatal answer to one of Tucker's innocent queries. I'll get specific with you. What's, and, okay. and this is meaningful because teachers are being taught this, kids will be taught it. And I think I have a right to non-judgmentally ask what they're talking about. So for example, what's two-spirit? Well, two-spirit sounds like there's someone they don't know whether they're, uh, you know, fish or fowl. They don't know whether they're frick or frack. So they're clearly confused. And you know, again, if you're confused, what better place to go than to be at school? Oh, well, it was a good career while it lasted, LeDrew. For you see, after this segment aired, folks, LeDrew was promptly suspended and then fired outright by his employer. That would be the awful Bell Media. You see, according to my sources, LeDrew's termination was all about appeasing the squeaky wheels in the LGBTQ, et cetera, et cetera, community who took issue with LeDrew saying, quote, fish or fowl, frick or frack. That statement apparently made the various non-binary, gender-fluid, asexual spirit unicorns go to DEFCON 4. After all, that almost sounded like they were being mocked. And you cannot mock this community. No, sir. That's tantamount to hate speech, after all. And so it was that Stephen LeDrew, the ex-Liberal Party of Canada president, was instantly an ex-Bell Media employee, too. And again... The segment was about free speech being alive and well in Canada. Oh my God, the irony. It's off the charts. And hey, by the way, LeDrew, how are you digging your liberalism now? Speaking of the media, where or where is the Canadian mainstream media on this file? With few exceptions, the media party has gone out of its way to avoid reporting on this global story. Why? You see, the likes of Rachel Crymore at Global News and Rosemary Barton at the CBC, they are typically supportive of things like radical transgenderism. 
But even they know something is not quite right when it comes to Busty Lemieux. But get this, instead of investigating like we are, they are ignoring this story. These MSM cowards are likely too scared that somebody might label them as being transphobic, and we can't have that, not even when this might be part of an elaborate prank, something that even, this is something, folks, that even blows away the infamous hijab hoax story. Oh, and there is plenty of cowardice to go around here. The Halton District School Board are a bunch of non-transparent, cowardly lions, too. You see, here's another angle to the Busty Lemieux saga, and that would be the unfortunate collateral damage vis-a-vis -vis the reputation of another teacher who has nothing to do with Lemieux aside from working at the same school. For several days, it was erroneously reported that Stephen Hanna and Kerry Luke Lemieux were one and the same. And the HDSB allowed this, this misinformation to fester. I reached out to the board and the school via phone, email, and in-person interviews. I constantly referred to Lemieux as Hannah and vice versa. And not once did these school board bastards correct the record. And they are not above correcting people, by the way. Check out my interview last Monday with Curtis Ennis, he, him, the disastrous director of education. We are, as a board, we are committed to human rights. And we're committed to supporting all our teachers and staff and students in an environment that upholds their dignity, their gender identity, and their gender expression. Right? Issues around safety are matters that we deal with on an ongoing basis. And we continue to deal with those issues, not just with any this teacher, but with all teachers. So that is something that we're committed to health and safety for all our students and staff. But I, I noticed, Mr. Innes, you can't display nipples as part of the um, dress code of the Halton District School Board. All of his outfits, he's displaying nipples. Um, in the shop, he's wearing long sleeves. Those massive prosthetic breasts are near cutting equipment. Um, I would argue if this was a student doing this, it would not be tolerated. So why does this person uh, get such leeway? Uh, you keep saying he. Um, first thing is... Um, we are, you know, being respectful of all of our gender identity and gender expression of all of our staff. And we are supportive of our staff and our students. Yeah. So when it comes to correcting the record, Mr. Ennis, he, him is uber concerned with pronoun issues. But he and the other HDSB minions will allow an innocent teacher at Oakville Trafalgar to be thrown under the bus. Indeed, check out what happened at the HDS meeting last Wednesday. Why did you never correct the record that Mr. Hanna was not the person? Why did you not correct that when I asked you directly and sent you a written email? Sorry. For five days, the Lemieux story. No, no, you're out of order. The, the Lemieux story was in the news cycle for five days. And it was misreported that Mr. Hanna was the same person. And you never corrected the record. You, Mr. Innes, he, him. You, Dr. Shuttleworth. Heather Francie, 
a communications director who doesn't communicate, not until Monday night, 10.18 p.m. to be precise, did you correct that. Why did you throw Mr. Hanna under the bus? Why did you allow that teacher to be defamed? I think that deserves an answer. That teacher was harassed for no reason. Are you lazy? Are you incompetent? Or are you malicious? Were you deliberately trying to have the media get it wrong? Come on, Ms. Francie, you're a communications director. Why don't you communicate? Cat got your tongue? Look at you, you, you cowards. Running away. This is the story in the, are all over the world. The freak show going on at Oakville Trafalgar High School, and yet you won't even address it. Does anyone want to talk about this? What did you have against Mr. Hanna? Why did you defame him? Why did you slander him? In writing and in emails and in personal interviews, it was mentioned over and over, Mr. Hanna was the same as Mr. Lemieux. You knew that wasn't true, and you didn't correct the record. Look at this. Ladies and gentlemen, can you believe this? The whole board has run away. By the way, as far as I could tell, there were no other members of the media in attendance that day. And given the global coverage of the busty Lemieux saga, You'd think this would be the lead item on the school board agenda last Wednesday night, but guess what? It wasn't even on the agenda, and apparently the HDSB rules when it comes to their board meetings is to not entertain any questions that aren't about agenda items. What a bunch of censorious thugs. So where am I going with this? Well, it is high time that the parents in Ontario, and all of Canada for that matter, stand up against the educrats crafting perverse policies. And if you want some inspiration, think about what happened last year in the great state of Virginia. I speak of the thousands of irate parents who crammed into school board meetings, railing against wokeism being shoved down the throats of their children from critical race theory and radical transgenderism to outright Marxism. So what happened there is that mama bear woke up. And even though the position of school board trustee is the lowest elected position in a democracy, just look what happened in Virginia. A tidal wave was spawned that reached the highest elected position in the state, namely the Democratic governor, Terry McAuliffe, who was supposedly a lock to get reelected, lost to the Republican challenger, Glenn Youngkin. So here's the crux of the matter. In Ontario, the municipal elections are slated for October 24th. Par for the course, the turnout will likely be awful. And the, mass, the vast majority of voters don't give a rodent's rectum about the position of school board trustee. But they should care. They must care. So I'm going to appeal to all our Ontario viewers here, contact those who are running for school board trustee, find out where they stand on radical transgenderism in general and the grotesque circus show that is the saga of Busty Lemieux at Oakville Trafalgar. Let us take inspiration from those concerned parents in Virginia that were ultimately responsible for regime change. If it can happen there, it can happen here, but only if you get involved.
Are we witnessing regime change taking place in Iran? Iran has been rocked by several huge protests since Masa Amini, a 22-year-old woman, died after being detained by Iran's morality police this month. She paid the ultimate price for allegedly not wearing her hijab properly. Unbelievable. But in the aftermath of Amini's death, demonstrations have spread to all of Iran's 31 provinces and to cities around the world. People are making it known that they are sick and tired of Iran's theocratic government, one that is both dictatorial and misogynistic. And joining me for some insight into what's going on in Iran right now is Nasser Pouli. He is an anti-regime freedom fighter based in Niagara Falls. Nasser, thank you so much for coming all the way into the studio. It's always a, a pleasure to interview you. Here's the big question, Nasser. Um, we see these incredible demonstrations. Dozens and dozens of Iranian demonstrators have paid with their lives uh, for taking a stance against the government. How do you see this playing out? Is this going to be snuffed out by the mullahs in Iran? Or are we seeing history here? Are we seeing regime change? This is just like the other uh, demonstration uprise in Iran. Um, but fortunately, this is a lot stronger. Now young people are on the streets. They are not afraid. Yeah. And uh, I really hope that the world now is time to come stand behind the people. Mm. Enough is enough to hiding behind this regime because of their pockets. Let's talk openly. Why we are playing games. Mm -hmm. All these leaders, they are playing double standard sides. In one hand, they are saying we are in the human rights. We are against <laughs> the terrorism. We are against the fascism, dictatorship. But in the other hand, they are helping the other, that the same people, they say that they are not, a, they are against it. They stand behind them, which is mullahs. I'm talking about France, I'm talking about Germany, I'm talking about the United States, I'm talking about all the countries. Mm -hmm. And show the action. Talk is cheap. Mm -hmm. We want the action. Right now, Iranian people are on the streets. And it's a very dangerous situation. It's not like it here where you demonstrate for two hours and you run home and you see if uh, there's a clip on TV or the internet. You are potentially paying with your lives. And, you know, Nasser... I think the tragedy of Iran, if we go back to the 1979 revolution, certainly the Shah was no Boy Scout. But given what, uh, the type of leaders that have taken root in Iran since 1979, I would argue even the people who were pro-revolution back then, they're having buyer's uh, remorse. And Iran, it's a very young country. I understand about 70% of the population is under 30. Um, before... Uh, Iran fell into, uh, you know, the uh, being ruled by the mullahs. Uh, it was very much like um, a European country, and Tehran was like a European city. Um, and all of that has been stifled in the name of this, you know, radical interpretation of Islam. So I think it would be so wonderful if this is indeed the beginning of the end for this regime. See, David, unfortunately... If we go back, if we want to talk about Shah, mm -hmm. based of the strength of the Islam that created was the Shah. Mm -hmm. 
mm. himself. Mm. He was promoting Mecca. He was promoting the mullahs. Uh, all the mullahs, always mullahs around him. Yeah. And he was more close to mullahs than the people. And he was <clears throat> implementing mosque here, implementing in our schools from the beginning. You have to be good at the Quran, uh, Islamic, uh, Islamic uh, lessons that mm -hmm. we had to study. Because of that, I used to personally, I used to get beaten up because of the uh, I was not good in Quran in really? Arabic language. Yes, who would beat you by the teachers? Unbelievable. Yes, so. This regime is a baby of old regime. Mm. We don't want that anymore. Yeah. We want the true democ democracy. Okay. We want the true circulars. We want the uh, religion separate from the politics. Yeah. We don't want anymore to leaders hiding behind the religion. Yeah. Enough is enough. And Nasser, let me ask you about the specific case, the the spark that you know created all these protests in Iran and indeed around the world. It was Miss Amini, a 22-year-old Iranian lady. I mean, I mean, it's almost unbelievable. She wasn't wearing her hijab properly, and for that, somehow this young, healthy lady dies mysteriously in police custody. What do you think happened? I will give you one thing. When there is an election in Iran. This, the same mullahs uh, paid advertisers lady. Yeah. They don't wear a hijab, lipstick, makeup. They are on the streets, no pro nobody bothers them. Hmm. But average people, when they're walking, she's walking, uh, she's covered. That's, as they say, it's their rule, their law. Their law, uh, they want to, by force, they want to, they want to send you to heaven by force, killing you to send you to heaven, that you have to cover your hijab to go to heaven. We don't, Iranian people, they say, we don't want your heaven. Yeah. We don't want your heaven. We want to go to hell, but let us to be free. And she died. And she is a symbol of this revolution right now. It, it is absolutely mind-boggling. As you know, Nasser, I, I live in Richmond Hill. Yes. Um, a very significant Persian population there, I believe um, 14%. So that's a really big minority group. Um, my dealings in the last two decades uh, with Persians, uh, be it friends, uh, colleagues, um, shopkeepers, restaurant owners, universally positive except for one. And that would be none other than Majid Johari, the liberal MP for the riding of Richmond Hill, who incredibly is a supporter of the regime because Nasser, everyone I meet, they fled Iran to get away from this nonsense and dare I say it, barbarism in the case of Ms. Amini. Please wait. Even uh, liberals have denounced you, uh, Mr. Johari. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Can you okay. anyway? You are associated with someone who is under investigation by CSIS who has contributed to your campaign. What do you have to say about that? I've responded to that question already. Oh, okay. Can you respond right now, sir? Um, I, that was in a social gathering and that fund has been When was that picture taken? How, how is it that someone like that gets elected in the first place? We have to ask that from Trudeau to begin with, mm. that how how dare can you have someone like that in your cabinet? Yes. That's number one. Number two, 
if you there was a gentleman got killed in Turkey, I send you his videos. I don't know if you saw it. Or oh not. yes, uh, yes. Mm -hmm. He didn't know who Majid Johari was, yeah. but he knew his name was supported by the regime. He exposed everything about the uh, the all the regime. Uh, how the uh, employees, I would call it. Okay. Indirectly. Okay. They are in Canada. They are in the United States. They are all over. Right now, you are going to see pretty soon, if this continues, this situation, I hope that is going to continue this revolution. Majid Johari is going to start changing color. Oh, interesting. Wow. It, well, you know what? We'll be on top of that. The only problem is every time I reach out to interview him, he calls the police. Yes, <laughs> uh, he has called. Uh, yeah, he, he, that's what he does. That's, you, you, you've routine. seen that firsthand, too. And right now, our concern is, main concern is, for the world leaders, please don't just talk. Take a stand against this dictatorship regime mm. right now is killing since this uprising happened 8000 people are in, uh, been arrested unbelievable almost 150 people has been killed incredible incredible you know here's the thing um nasser some people might be viewing this and they're saying eh, iran it's half a world away why should i care and the answer would be you should care because we know there are agents loyal to the regime in a country like Canada. Tell our viewers about a good friend of yours who lived in Markham, Ontario, and died under very mysterious circumstances. What are your thoughts on that? My thoughts, I don't believe that what the circumstances, what they, uh, what officials, they said what it was. They said his and girlfriend yes, had killed him. Friend, right? Something or, like that. They allegedly. basically brushed under the rug. Yeah. And his name is, was Mehdi Amin. Mm -hmm. And he was the nicest person, and you could imagine, he got all of a sudden by a, I don't know, four foot or five foot girl, uh, uh, five foot girl, yeah, got killed. Come on, give me a break. Right in his own and home, right? He's in suburban Markham, Ontario, a quiet little nice neighborhood, area. and he's killed. You know, so it, it is shocking. And to flip the question around, Nasser. What could Canada do? We're supporting, you know, the Ukrainian resistance right now against the invading Russians. Um, but when it comes to what's going on in the streets of Iran, when it comes to Joe Biden in the White House, because I remember several years ago during the Obama administration, there was a flicker of hope of a, an Iranian uprising. And I think the missing element was that if they could have, if the resistance fighters could have been supplied with enough arms, they might have been successful. What do you see going on in terms of the global community? Right now, our resistance in Iran, they are asking for all kinds of help. Uh, they need they need guns. Put that straight forth. Are we going to give them guns? If any country right now is the time to supply them. Yeah, because I, I mean, I when I look at you know, the Trump administration, I think the world was a lot safer place. And he had the Iranians giving up on their nuclear program with the sanctions. And under Biden, 
That's all been undone. That's been reversed. Uh, Iran is quickly getting nuclearized, which is very concerning for all their neighbors in the Middle East, especially. I'm just trying to understand where the Biden administration weighs in on a nation that is the world's largest state sponsor of terrorism. Okay, let's go to uh, about Iran's nuclear program. If you look at it, Khamenei, which is the leader, I, I'm assuming he is dead or he's dying. That's mm-hmm. number one. That's okay. a good news for the world. Okay. I hope he will be. But uh, I know it doesn't change much, but it's still one goal. Mm. They say, oh, our nuclear program is a peaceful program. <laughs> okay. So why are you pursuing it? And taking the, like a, right now, t- a, uh, stealing from Iranian people, spending on that program, spending on their proxies in uh, Lebanon, Yemen, Syria, all over the world, proxies in Canada as well as in United States, mm-hmm. whether Canadian people wants to believe it or not, at any time this regime gets into dangerous situation, they could explode any place in Canada. I've said this 10 years ago, front of the, in, on Queen Street in the demonstration. Is more dangerous than just we are getting by proxies of the Iranian regime. When you said that, why should we concern? Why should we be concerned for the proxies in mm-hmm. here? We should be concerned. Yeah. And Trudeau government is responsible for these people that they have come to Canada. Yes. Uh, about the police uh, chief of Tehran comes exercising in Richmond Hill. That's right. We did a story with the short. Yeah. Who gives him? A, who gives him a visa? You mean Canadian government didn't know that who he is? Yeah. It, it is astonishing. Someone with that record could come to Canada. That's so, right. Uh, and the federal government must have known about it, and they don't seem to have a problem with it. it the world sometimes, I think, NASA is upside down. We got to wrap it here. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get, get, get for a minute for a Joe Biden situation. Yes. To ask. Right. When the Joe Biden or other world leaders, they play double standards. Mm-hmm. All they talk about human right, woman's right, a list goes on and on and on. Yeah. But the, the murder is responsible for thousands of people he killed. Yes. Racy, United States, FBI, CIA, State Department, all this, all the other Mossads, all of them. They know what is the record of the Iranian president right now, Raisi, yeah. how murdered he is. They gave him a visa of all coming to United Nations in New York. How dare you? This is a double standard. Are you kidding me? Are you fooling yourself or fooling the people? It, Nasser, it's absolutely baffling. You know, there's so much to talk about. We've got limited time. I'm going to, I guess, rephrase my first question, which is this. We see now, according to your numbers, more than 150 Iranian demonstrators dead, 8,000 in Iranian prisons. I'm sure they're being treated very well, uh, tongue in cheek. Yeah. Um, The the question again, and it's the big question, and we will see in the days and weeks ahead, um, is this going to be just a bloody moment for Iran where innocent Iranians are slaughtered just for protesting, or if you are a betting man, Nasser, um, 
are we going to see the fall of this egregious and insidious government in Iran? Um, last word goes to you. Yes, this is going to be, and Iranian people are made their, they, they have made their, their decision. They are willing to pay the fee for the freedom. Yeah. And that fee is the blood. And you can see in the social medias, young woman and man, they say we have four liters of blood in our body. We are willing to give that blood to take the freedom for others. Wow. And when you have this strong demand that they want the freedom by, the, by giving their life, they want the freedom for others, nothing is going to stop that. Nothing is going to stop that. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. And you know, folks, that that is true. I mean, when you are a dictatorship, you're not so much worried about enemies in terms of other states. Your biggest, most profound worry is the people in your own country rising up. We're seeing that in Iran. These are incredibly brave individuals. Pray for the Iranians. Pray for regime change. It'll make the world a greater place. Keep it here. More of the Ezra Levent Show to come right after this. My beloved colleague, Sheila Gunn-Reed, was filling in for Ezra on Friday, and lots of feedback regarding Sheila's commentary about the federal government's egregious gun grab. Mark Beerley writes, sad, sad day. This marks the beginning of the end. First, you disarm the populace, and then you subjugate them. Welcome to your totalitarian state. Canada. Yeah, that is par for the course. When you look at the rise of dictatorships uh, the world over, typically step one is to make sure the populace is disarmed. I mean, when you look at a dictatorship, really external threats are not the concern. The real threat is change being demanded by the citizenry, change being demanded from within I think we see what's going on here, don't we, folks? Science versus Bigotry writes, When the WEF stooges come to relieve citizens of their property, you will own nothing but be happy. They do not want an armed citizenry who may resist WEF stooge Trudeau just carrying out orders. And you know what? That's the thing. If the ostensible policy reason for this gun grab is to make the streets of Canada more safe. How does disarming legal gun-owning Saskatchewan duck farmers uh, make the mean streets of Toronto that much safer? The answer is it doesn't. That's because criminals, by definition, break the law, including obtaining handguns. Imagine that. Charisse W. Tan writes, now that the Italian coalition government has been brought down, can the same be done to the present coalition government in Ottawa with a snap election? Just asking. Well, I got to tell you, it's possible that there will be a fall election, but it, seem, it seems to be a little less likely. I do think we will have election before 2025. Actually, I pray for that. And yes, I truly believe Regime change is in the air. I can smell the fear emanating off of the Justin Trudeau liberals right now. Well, folks, that wraps up tonight's show. Thanks so much for joining me. Ezra will be back tomorrow. 
In the meantime, as always, stay sane. This is Lewis Brackpool for Rebel News reporting at Parliament Square in the heart of London, outside of the Houses of Parliament, where protesters have gathered to show their discontent for the government due to the recent influx of illegal migrants making their way over from France. Now, as we know, according to figures, over 30,000 illegal migrants have made their way over from France this year alone. So my job as a journalist today is to go around and ask people, why are they here and why is it so significant to be here? So you're here today in Parliament Square with a demonstration uh, for the influx of the illegal migrants that have made their way over. I believe over 30,000 have come here already. Uh, what's your take on what's going on? Well, we've all came here today to protest against the invasion happening on the coast. Over 32,000 have came in this year and there's no end in sight for it to stop. They're not telling us how many come via the tunnel. They're not telling us how many come through by lorries. So we're here to make some noise to try and force the government's hands. And um, how does it make you feel? Because we've got a new a reshuffle of the government or the cabinet. Suella Braverman is now leading for the Home Office. Do you think that she could deliver? No. <laughs> it's going to be exactly the same as Pretty Patel. It's just more sound bites and nothing's being done. The numbers already climbing rapidly since Suella's come into the role. She's not even been down in Dover to see what's going on and it doesn't seem like it's a big issue to her despite what she says. So winter's approaching. Do you think things are going to get better or worse? They're, um, they're going to calm down by the time it gets to about December, but through September, October, November, the numbers will stay roughly the same, if not higher, because there'll be a mad rush for the end of the year. Last year, there was about six and a half thousand that came in November alone. If going by recent trends, it would be double that by the end of November. I guess the natural question to ask is, what is the solution? Well, the solution isn't, as pr isn't pretty, really. You have to push back at sea and you have to remove the incentives. Until you do both of those things at the same time, as well as deport those that are already here illegally, nothing will change. Steve Laws, thank you very much. No Good worries, to see you. Mate. There's been a cabinet reshuffle where Suella Braverman is now in the Home Office. Do you think that's going to make a difference? Well, it couldn't be worse than the last lot. Um, I've got, a, but that said, before Pretty Patel was voted in, I thought she was good. I heard her speech and I thought, cool, she sounds good. She was rubbish. I've got, I'm more confident with this lot. And already, you know, I'm not a conservative. So I'll never, I'm, you know, and. You know, believe it or not, you know, I come from a strong Labour family and my granddad, God bless him, will be doing his nut that I'm on one of these marches. But time's changed from his time. Do you feel that there is a solution? Um, well, we have to be firm, like what Australia did. And for a few months, you know, I wish Abbott, was, not Diane Abbott, by the way, but I wish the, like, the, the Australian... Tony Abbott. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wish we've we got to take them methods, you know. You know, there will always be immigration in this country. And I think the most normal person... Don't care about that. Immigration, you know, there's some people have come into this country. That's not what we're here for. Though we'll be processed that we were, that's what we are here for. You know, we're here, we don't want any, we're not saying we don't want any immigration. That's absolute rubbish. What we don't want is illegal, 90% fighting age men. And that's, a, you know, the solution is be firm. And then we'll have the world against us for a few months and I think something else. And then they'll need Great Britain again to sort things out for them, like the Ukraine. And then something else will move on. We have to be strong. We have to turn them back. Do you think that the government is doing enough to tackle illegal immigration? No, no. I think, I think the government are the ones causing it. I think that's a, you know, ridiculous. Well, I, I, I see it as a, as a bad question, right? Because they're the ones causing it. No. You know, uh, we, we had lockdown on and they were still allowing them to come on in, in, over. In, in, in fact, they, they was bringing them over. 
You know, we had the lifeboats going out, bringing them in as well. And I used to donate to them. I stopped doing it. I see that. You know, we had lockdown on. None of them was tested. None of them was uh, vaccinated. Putting them up in hotels. And I walk around London loads of times. And I just see, uh, you know, people living on on the streets. And and I'm and I'm a pensioner now. And I, and I never ever see that as a young man. Never ever see it. But I just see it now, and it breaks my heart to see the way where they where they've forced this this country to go. In fact, it's not just this country; the whole world. I see. Obviously, you're wearing your, your Trump 2020 top and hat. Uh, you did mention uh, off camera that it's not about left or right. Could you explain a bit more? It's not. It's not. There's left and right here today. You know, just talking, mixing in with one another. We we all have our different opinions, but we're here for one cause for the country and it's not just the country to save the children as well you know the the children so uh, the the future for them the, the way it's going it looks very grim so we're here for that yeah and you know it's it's good against evil so protesters are now making their way to the home office to make their voices heard because they feel like they're not being represented by this government even though there has been a change in positions within the cabinet so we're going to go there and find out what happens next so if you can see just behind me the police presence i was right it was part of this protest as they make their way to the home office and that many police really it's very odd the police have cornered off the road where they're not letting protesters make their way to the home office so it looks to me like things are really starting to heat up. What's, uh, what's happening? They're kettling us already. They're saying they're waiting for the group to catch up, but it's just to stop us having any control of the protest, basically. So what we need is them to come through. <laughs> the Home Office is just down there, right? Yeah, that's just down there, yeah. So I think they're trying to keep us all in one tight-knit little group so then they can keep it all under control. I think that's what's going on. But we'll soon see. We'll have updates then. So unfortunately, police have really fractured the protesters and now they've all been split off in the centre of London. But I think it's safe to say that a lot of people did turn up expressing their concerns with the illegal crossings and they sure, for sure, made some noise. So this has been Lewis Brackpool reporting in the centre of London for Rebel News.